Welcome. I'm Mitchell Regan, and with me as always is Teresa Stoddard. Hello. And this is a podcast. A podcast? It's a passion project that Teresa and I share where we discuss various elements of pop culture, television, movies, books, and honestly, whatever we want. Whatever we want. Because whose podcast is it? It's, I believe it's it's our podcast. Yeah, so. That's what it would be. Um, if you have been with us through the month of October, you have experienced our uh, run through of many uh, classic and modern horror movies, um, hopefully. And I know it's been a while since we last podcast. It was before Halloween. Um, the last one we did was a, a draft um, with uh, two other uh, guests. Who are they again? Marilyn. Well, Marilyn. And Kenzie. And Kenzie. And they were fantastic. Um, we're hoping... Um, and this will be more of a surprise by Thanksgiving. We're hoping we can do another one of those after we finish going through um, our next foray into um, draft land. Draft land. Uh, but we'll have a lot of movies and research to go into before we get you uh, prepared for that. In the meantime, we had one last spooky season podcast that we wanted to make sure that we get to you the audience um just some popular um movies some maybe less popular movies some maybe you have missed maybe some that you uh didn't realize were great and if you've been following what we were doing last month with haunted houses slashers our last little element that we want to talk about was a combination between the supernatural, which could have some overlap with a lot of our haunted houses and uh, creature features. Absolutely. So we're going to go right into it with the classic. Da -da. 1975 film the movie that pretty much started the idea of a summer blockbuster uh steven spielberg's um i think second feature maybe third movie ever um jaws mandibles oh i see mandible madness he really missed something there Oh, Steven Spielberg missed something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The most accomplished American film director of all time. Missed. More than Scorsese? Oh, no. We'll get there. That'll be for another time. This is based on a book, I believe, by Peter Benchley. Stars Roy uh, Scheider um, as Brody, who... He is, who's he playing that? Is he like the sheriff of the town? I don't know. Uh, Quint is played by Robert Shaw. 
who is the um, boat captain. And then Hooper, uh, which I believe is the scientist that um, Roy Brody's character um, teams up with to stop Jaws, um, played by Richard Dreyfus. Now, of course, the real star of the movie is a 12-foot mechanical shark. Named Bruce. Named Bruce. Um, Hello, Finding Nemo. Yes. We see what you did there. Exactly. Sharks are friends, not foods. Not foods? Yep. But they will make foods out of you. Yes. Um, So this, again, is our is a creature feature. It is not the first creature feature, but it probably might be the most famous, most, um, like as far as- Probably top grossing. Yeah, At top grossing. time. Um, it was a, well, what, what did you think of the movie? We watched it as part of our Spielberg Fest that we did over the summer this is pre-podcast days we actually had our son watch over this yes did he watch the whole thing i think so he likes sharks okay well, what did you think of the movie yeah it was fun it was the first time you saw it yes so i had like i know okay so i go to a pop culture university as we all do it's run by google um and various other social media platforms so even if i don't know something i know something so i know that the shark attacks i know how large the shark is i know the setting and i've also been to universal orlando several times and ridden the ride there so like it's cool to like feel like i've been in that town before because universal as you know is really big on set design they like to show you what goes on behind the scenes. They like to show you um, one of my favorite shows there is the makeup show where they show you they do a monster like early monster movies like show and then it's a live action show and then they um, they show you some practical effects with the makeup and kind of go over the history. And am I correct to say that it is no longer in Universal? They removed it, the ride. I don't know. I think so. I think they did. I'm not a real big uh, theme park person. Well, theme park people, let us know. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I could have been misremembering. Um, But yeah, this is, again, probably one of the most popular creature features. Uh, This is the most famous, um, one of the most famous tropes from creature features comes from this movie specifically uh, with the idea that you don't want to show the monster until the end because it is sometimes much scarier to leave that up until the last minute because the idea of the shark is a lot scarier than when you actually see it at the end. Um. It also has the whole like man versus nature and the whole idea of people encroaching on their territory. Right. And the implications thereof. 
Um, it's a very much like a when animals attack kind of movie, which like if you want to talk about a modern mas masterpiece is like Cocaine Bear. You know, you, you ever see... think you would be saying those words, Mitchell? Unironically, I mean, I w I did say I would think that I would say those words if I said them ironically, like I did. <laughs> um, but I there's really so much to be said about Jaws. And as always, we can always, if you want to hear us talk more about a specific TV show or movie. Just go ahead and send us an email at fanofthepodcast at gmail.com and we can go ahead and do a deeper dive or like maybe cover something that maybe we haven't covered before. Because like I said, like you can go over endless aspects of movies. So there will always be content for us to give you. Yeah, and I think the this established uh like that um moviegoers really wanted to see horror movies over summer like it was it's something that winds up happening over and over again uh, because all of hollywood just copies in its own success um constantly so i think that this would be a perfect example of it um I don't know. Did did seeing this movie make you afraid of going into the water? Not at all. I live in Florida. Um, I've watched Shark Week probably every year of my life. I'm not scared. I will say, I think that the fact that they like have the shark kill a kid is yeah. Quite scary. I'm, I'm not the biggest proponent of kid killing. Wow. I mean, like, wait a um, so I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't like it when people kill kids. Um, can't really tell you why. Just hashtag not, controversial. Not a fan. On our next mini-sode. Do we even do those anymore? We've been so caught up getting into the meat and potatoes of everything. Meat and potatoes sounds good. It does. I could go for a nice steak right now. And like a really good big potato like stuffed. See, that's what they should have done with Jaws. Is they should have just made him into a delicious jaw steak. A sharky steak. Sharky steak. All right. Well, that's all I have to say on Jaws. Did you want to give it a little rundown or did you want to go ahead and keep things moving? Um, I mean, I, I, I think we can make things stand still too. That'd also be fun. If we stand still enough, I think Jaws might get us though. So I will move on to our next. Um, this is a. What? That was my reaction to your segue. Oh, it was a great segue. I think what you okay. meant was I was super impressed. Oh. Uh, we're going to move on I to... was super impressed. Uh, the next movie, which is a sci-fi gem, um, it is maybe features the most popular creature feature of all time. With um, Ridley Scott's Alien, Face Huggers, man. We got Face Huggers bursting out your chest. Uh, we got that hot guy dies first. You thought he was hot? Yeah. You know he becomes the war doctor. Like I mean, like later on in his career. 
who says I don't think he's hot as the war doctor. That's Hurt, right? Yeah, John Hurt. And obviously... That, he Hurt what? That, um... It features, like, that famous scene with the chestburst No, saying, what did he hurt? Oh, I was, that's what I was just going to ignore that. I know. No, we don't ignore. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the creature here is the xenomorphs, which... Um, I don't know if you remember, but on our last podcast, Marilyn said that that was the perfect creature, the perfect... Um, like everything like top tier this is what you want to be right the double mouth thing is so scary um i think the head looks so weird yeah the look of it is odd um so but i mean like it's it's a great movie though like it's i'm it's... scared of the repercussions of them but i'm not scared of them what are you crazy no but, but like their 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 blood is acid I mean, that's not the best. You know, they could eat you. Um, cats are terrified so of them. So could the jaws. Yeah, but I feel like you don't have to be, like, I mean, I guess we don't have to be in space, but... Would you rather be eaten by Bruce or by a Oh, can I just pick none? No, you gotta pick one. Um, I want a Xenomorph. I think that'd be a cooler death. Maybe. It might be more excruciating, but, like, that would be a very metal death. So this, this is not the first time you've seen Alien. You've seen Alien before. I've seen Alien not to completion when I was about Luke's I would say. And I was watching it with my next-door neighbor and best friend, uh, Charity Bates. And we got halfway through, and she's just like, we cannot do this anymore. I just, yeah, that's great. I know this is the second time I've seen it. Um, but it's the first time I've seen it all the way through since I was maybe your that that age as well. Um, and I was surprised how much of it is not about like the scary horror movie part and more about like the failings of capitalism. It also really holds up so well. Yeah. A lot of movies they don't, but. But. But it keeps going. It, they don't hold up, but. No, they hold up. Oh, yeah, they don't hold up because either they're very outdated or the effects are bad. But all of this could have come out now and we could love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like akin to. Like, you could definitely tell the um, influence that Star Wars has on it. And the, like, the desire to go into, like, space exploration as, like, a, another whole aspect of, um, another whole aspect of what uh, audience goers are always like they're they're looking for now like movie goers yeah um and I, I mean like like i said the the alien is terrifying um the fact that that's all practical effects and there's someone in a bodysuit yeah that's wild 
the the face hugger thing. I think that's what makes it pay off, though. Um, if it was green screen, I don't think we would have had the same effects. No. I also like that there's so much of, like, um, like there's a, a really famous story about how they wanted to know how they could get the alien onto the ship, and they didn't want to do the usual trope of, like, impregnating a woman, like, for, like, there to be sexual abuse and rape for a woman in order for them to impregnate someone so that the ship, the alien would be on board the ship. But uh, so that's where they came up with the idea of doing that to a man instead. Yeah, that's and a using very the good face departure. Hugger instead of like any other type. Yeah, it's a good departure. Also like, nope. Jordan Peele doesn't like, that is so wide open in that genre where it's like such a trope. Like you said, that like when people don't do it, it's such like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, like I said, there's some Sigourney Weaver in this movie is like the almost like archetypal um, badass character that spawns the whole idea of like women could kick ass too. You know what I mean? Like, I also love that they don't beat you over the head with the science in this one. Yeah. You just take their word for it and go, they're not like, okay, they're not having to prove themselves. They're just like, we're going to give you a good movie and just go with us. Suspend your disbelief and go with us. Future Bilbo Baggins is a <laughs> robot that you don't realize the whole time. Um, I love uh, Harry Dean Stanton in the movie. Him and um, Yafet Kodo, who plays the the two people who are like the repair people in the ship that Ripley doesn't get along with, a well with. I also like that the movie doesn't seem like, oh, this is a Sigourney Weaver feature, but it's like the, it goes through like captains until it gets to her and she just happens to be the last one standing. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, it's a great example of like the power of like a creature. This one is they showed the creature almost right away, and um, that's actually my preference. The payoff really pulls through. I like to be able to see all the details of the creature and like really understand it versus just like a flash, like in Beowulf or in um, even Jaws or yeah. something like that. Um, but I do think, like, maybe putting it, like, if you've got it in the first third of the movie, then that's good. Right. I don't want it right away, but. No, and what I like about um, Alien is it really gives it a chance. It's 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 pretty slow to start. Like, I yeah, feel like kind of I feel like that they don't really start getting chased by the the alien until about an hour an hour 15 in and then it's just like off it's the kind wall of a crazy. long movie too yeah it is i'd say it feels it's like it feels slightly longer than it is i think so i would say if i had to say anything about alien it would maybe be the pacing but i think i think if i were to rewatch it i think the pacing in my opinion the pacing is perfect but it's just i think it's because much like another movie we're going to talk about later on, 
Um, I think that there's an expectation, especially based upon like modern um, horror movies, where like you watch like The Conjuring or you watch like um, oh God, like even Barbarian, we'll talk about later on or something like that, where like the horror like is like right then and there. I feel like a lot of these movies, like, like especially Time the ones in the seventies and eighties, like things have to occur. Like, I feel like they want to wait. A, they want. They're more interested in crafting a movie that has horror elements rather than like a horror movie. Yeah, which is generally the best results. Right. Like, the thing about Alien is it like it tells a full story. Yeah. Like you know, like a, you really get to meet the crew members. I think some of the best scenes are when they're just like sitting down and having a meal. I think this is a much better version of um, the thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Oh yeah, we do have to talk about the thing. We definitely do. Okay. It's part of it. Um, let's talk about a movie that we both we both equally enjoyed very much, and that is Sam Raimi's first film. Uh, and almost has like the feeling of independent film, considering the amount of money that they use for it and everything. But has become a cult classic. Oh, I have to look it up. Um, which give me a second as I look it up. But um, it stars his uh high school friend and college friend, um, Bruce Campbell. Uh, the movie, of course, I'm talking about is The Evil Dead. Uh, this so one's good. more of our supernatural. Um, the flesh possessing. Uh, yes. The way they phrase it is very disturbing. Uh, There's a lot of very disturbing. It costs exactly three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to make, which that's probably right now the salary of one person who's like maybe their fifth or sixth actor in a movie and that's just like that's not even like a big hollywood blockbuster that's like an independent movie and it made let me see how much it made it made over 21 million dollars that's a good investment there buddy yeah uh, no, I apologize. It grossed over 2.4, the Army of Darkness. But that's still 375000 and then it makes 2.1, 2. I mean, sorry, 2.4 million. That is quite the increase. Increase. That is quite the, the, the profit there. Um, the so, creatures in this are so fucking scary. I think what really makes it work is the the amount of like detail to the practical effects. Now was this one did we deal with plants in this one? Yes, that was the um very just often discussed and debated and talked about um that's the the tree rape scene. Yeah. Okay, here is my controversial opinion. Okay. I don't mind it. I thought you know, it was good. It was fun. Um, the actress herself liked it and just viewed it as only an attack and, like, without any sexual notes to it. And honestly, it was kind of hot. I will 
Circle back on that. I will, will completely ignore that last part, and I'll go to the other things. So the actress, like you did say, um, did not see it as a sexual assault. I don't know. I didn't see it as sexual though, because. Um, but it's well known that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell wish it wasn't a part of the original movie, um, because it. I think in their minds it was meant to depict like sexual assault and rape. Um, what? So, uh, what did you what did you like about the movie? What didn't you like? Oh my god, the girls were terrifying, like unhinged, terrifying, and it was so good. But like, this is one that I would have to debate whether I'd watch again. Yeah. Just like they were so scary. The laughter. Um. Yeah, they were terrifying. What is the ending? Remember with the the rushing of the the like he's leaving the cabin, and they do the thing where all of the that like that spirit goes through. It goes to him. It's like oh yeah. Remember so I told you, you that really story. Well, remember I told you that story where they they had Sam Raimi was running through with the camera, and they. They uh, hooked a pulley system where the doors would open so that it would feel like some sort of like entity, the entity and then it would go because Bruce Campbell's the only one. Sorry, spoiler alert, it's the only one who survives. Um, but then it's like, and I know you like this, it's kind of left up in the air whether or not he really truly does survive, or whether the person who was when he, when he came in there is the one who survives. Or if he's just taken over and now is like At the, the end, girls, yeah. If he's taken over, just and he because he's the only I would one guess who doesn't. He was taken over. Well, there's an Evil Dead too, so I'm assuming maybe either that changes or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's really it's a cult classic for a reason. Um, it spawns an entire franchise. There's a new one. Yeah. There's a whole television series. Um, so if you like it, you got a lot to chew on. Yes. Much uh, like that. I want to make sure um, we do go ahead and talk about a movie that um, we will hopefully also have on our graphics soon. And that is the... Um, the Exorcist. Um, I heard an amazing... I forgot exactly where I heard it from, so I apologize. But a lot of people say that The Exorcist was Jaws before Jaws. Because that was also uh, a blockbuster. It made so much money. Um, it made... One hundred and ninety-three point two million dollars in nineteen seventy-three. So if I look that up for inflation, um, it made over four hundred and twenty-nine million dollars. Wow, that's almost half a billion. Yes. Yeah, if you look at the highest grossing movies, um, oh, I apologize. 
it actually made $1.011 billion if we adjust for inflation. Wow. Which is wild. It is listed as the ninth highest grossing movie if you adjust for inflation. Remember the budget. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the budget for The Exorcist was a lot more than like um, your standard. Yeah. Um, well, you had to use lots of green goo. A lot of that pea soup. Yeah. The budget was $12 million. I don't know what that would be adjusted for inflation. But, um, I mean, lots of pea soup. Lots of... Um, Spit. Lots of therapy for Linda Blair. Bed shaking. Um, priest dying. Yeah. A lot of priest dying. Uh, a lot of um, weird director guys um, getting thrown out of windows. Defenestration is uh, not used very often, so I like it. Want to see it? Um, Even though I don't believe you see it, do you see it? No, I don't recall. What's defenestration? Being thrown out a window. Oh, you see it twice with Max Van Sydow, the, the the two priests at the end. Uh, this oh yeah, is, I remember that part. This was another movie where it also is very slow, and you think it's about like okay, very they're slow. gonna deal with an exorcism. But like ninety percent of the movie is just like the exorcism isn't real. However, I would say like the last thirty minutes of this movie is like unforgettably yeah. amazing. Like just so action packed. Um, I love the mom. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn's amazing. And I think that she and the helper gave for one another. I know you think that. Yeah, they hug a little too long. Um. I mean, Jason Miller is amazing in it as Father Karras. Um, Max Vandell, who is like in everything. He's in Game of Thrones. He's like in Star Wars. He's in... Um, do you know he, wear, he wore old man makeup? <laughs> That's why like everyone who knows Max Van Sydow thinks that he's been like 70 years old his whole life. But he was only like 30-something in that movie. The oldest priest? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was all makeup. Because oh. um, they wanted to establish he had a heart condition. Oh. And that's why he was able to... That's why he died. Um, William Freakin is uh, the director of this movie. And he, you know, like, it's... it's He's a freak. Uh, the, the poster of the movie is one of the most famous shots um, where the older priest uh, Father Marin gets out of the cab and he walks into the um, the, the light uh, that's in front of the Georgetown uh, mansion that um, Chris McNeil is staying at. Um, I would even argue, I think that there are frightening elements to this, but I think the weirdestly Frightening, most frightening part is like the beginning, not the beginning, beginning, which is the weird part of the movie where like they're in Iraq and they're looking over and finding like the the spirit that winds up haunting Linda Blair's character Reagan through uh, the Ouija board thing. Um, you could tell a lot of that might be like part of the book that skipped. Um, 
because it's it's a best-selling book. Um, but the um, the parts where like the lights are flickering and then like there are random phone calls that happen to the house, but no one answers it. I'd say the most disturbing is like oh, there's the very disturbing is sexual. Different. Oh yeah. Um, Stuff that the demon is saying through this twelve-year-old girl. Yes, oh, which just absolutely turns your stomach. Yeah, it's a movie that is that really... bothered me the most. Yeah, well, I mean, like she. It's a devil. I mean, I was gonna say like she she Fuck masturbates a with a yeah a crucifix, a twelve-year-old, and so like. You know, there's While so many stories. Fuck me, Jesus! Fuck me, Jesus! Or fuck Jesus! Fuck Jesus! But there's so many stories of people in the theater in 1973 watching it, throwing up, fainting. They had to like, their if there was a showing, they had to make sure that they had like medics on hand because that's wild. Yeah, well, because this was they really pushed the envelope on it. Yeah. Before this, there wasn't, like, shock horror, especially for one on such a mainstream level. Like, um, it, it made a big influence into, you know, how other horror movies were done, and the idea that horror movies are winds up becoming big blockbusters. Um, because before that, there were more of a niche, like right, yeah, like genre. Like maybe you'd see it in the back of like a movie house, or like when it's Halloween, it. right? Or I mean, like you know, you still had people who were brilliant filmmakers um, who did horror movies. Well, just think about the Innocence. Like, yeah, I'm gonna even name one. Like that'd probably be my top pick. Like it definitely started it out and. But it wasn't it wasn't big on the scale that The Exorcist was, you know. Even now, I mean, would you say that The Innocence defined the genre? At least of haunted horror houses, movies, oh, haunted of, houses, or of or of horror movies. I know there was a lot before. I know it was a lot of monster, like very much monster specific movies, like your King Kongs, your Godzillas, yeah. your Nosferatu, your yeah. Frankenstein, your your Bride of Frankenstein, your Young Frankenstein. Your Frankenstein goes to college. Your Frankenstein has a midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, but I, I just want to. This is also another movie, kind of like Alien, where like uh, we had never seen it before. So my experience watching it was very much the sense of like, okay, so like, when's the exorcism? When are we gonna say the God, like, the power of Christ compels you? Yeah. And then it's it's not that. Like, so much of the movie is, like, these long conversations about mental health. And it also shows just how helpless a parent is when they cannot help their child with a problem. Right. She's doing everything in her power, and it's not enough. And like, yeah. she's willing to, like, move heaven or earth. Like, she would do anything to make Regan better. And in the end, she does. Like... And I think what's what's amazing about the movie, um, like, I, I don't know how you feel. I think the movie is a masterpiece. I think it's amazing. I think it's a hard watch. I don't know if it's something that I'd be willing to experience again. It's not on my rewatch list. Um, I feel like I got all I could from it the first time, and I don't want any more. But um, I think the way it's paced and it's constructed is 
because so much of it is just like these discussions about like religion and science and mental health and the fact that um you know like um apparently it's important to know that uh Karis's mother sucks cock in hell. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. That's one of the main punishments. Um, I saw a meme the other day. It is related. Don't give me that look. I'm not giving you a look. I saw a meme the other day which says, stay single. You never see the single person getting haunted. It's always a happy family or a family that's sort of like squabbling. But it's never just, like, the single person. So don't be haunted, but just be alone forever. Yes, you got to decide. Do you want to be haunted and loved, or do you want to be alone and safe? We need to make a movie where you get haunted and loved at the same time. That's hot. <laughs> All right, it does so... make me want to write one, though, about, like, a single person getting haunted. And there's no one there to, like, be like, yeah, you are being haunted. So talking about a movie that has deep, deep um, thoughts on isolation and the, um, like, what happens when you're separated from society and you're having to deal with an entire shape-shifting alien that appears from outer space, we shift from that to the thing. Ooh. John Carpenter, one of his many masterpieces. That is a strong word to describe this movie. Every other person that isn't you loves this movie, man. Okay, guys, if you hate the thing, I need to hear from you. Please, I have to prove I'm right. So, please, please, please reach out. I gotta prove I'm right. It has uh, Kurt Russell in it. It's it has dead dogs in it. It has boring men, and it's not female coded at all. Do you do you want to talk about it at all, or do you want to just skip? It? No, that was just my okay. Was my rundown. Me. No, we should talk about it. Okay, uh, it has Wilfred Brimley, um, who I think is just like forty years old, but it looks like he's always been ninety, and that isn't makeup. That might just be That's... diabetes. <laughs> uh, has Keith David in it, who is like. The god of voice acting. Um, I I unabashedly love this movie. I think it is one of the best, not just horror movies, but movies of the 20th century. I think the scene where um, the characters are in um, this one room and they do a blood test uh, to determine whether or not the, they are um, inhabited by the shape-shifting monster is one of the scariest scenes and intense scenes in like any movie ever. Uh, um, I think the, the monster kill at the end is amazing. The, um, I think what's winds up now becoming like such a tired trope but at the time was such an ingenious move was the fact that this thing could look like anything so like the 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 thing could be you the thing could be a dog the thing could be 
like any person. So you can't. So the true horror is not being able to trust someone, especially when you are like isolated in an Antarctic base, like far away from any part of civilization. Um, this movie just didn't scare me. The only thing that was remotely frightening was the creature at the end. Oh, I mean, again, all practical effects, and it's made up of like so many of the other people that it's like shape shifted from. Creature feature is just short for green goo. Yeah, I I think that I uh, I don't know why, but it just I did not like it. That's fine at you all. Don't have to like it, man. But no, I, I won't be. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like to talk about it more, but... We can talk about it more. No, no, it's, it's fine. No, talk about it more. Um, I mean... When they go out in the snow and the guy, and they're not sure if he can make it, but he found, like, a base to go to. That part was cool. What's that? When the guy went out to try to, like, find the other guy, and, like, he was almost dying because of the cold... Oh, you mean like, and then they thought that he kind was near the end, yeah, and they thought he was the alien. Yeah. Again, I think I think the the idea of like not knowing who the alien is or not knowing who the the what, what where the evil is is such a great great horror trope. Um, and it's done by. One of the greatest horror directors ever, with John Carpenter. Um, now, would you say this is your favorite film by him? You mean that or Halloween? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I like the thing more than Halloween. Yeah. Wow, that's high praise. Um, I also love that the music is done by Ennio Morricone, who's done a lot of the classic westerns. And instead, it features like really like a big electronica score. Um, it's very ambient. Very ambient. That's a great word for it. No, I, I I love this movie. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you don't have to apologize to me. Okay. That's, Not for that. That's good. Um. So let's go from the thing to another thing, which is the fly. Jeff Goldblum, we actually watched this on his birthday just for S and G. It wasn't no, it was on purpose. Like we yeah. saw it was his birthday, and we're like, okay, we gotta watch it. Um, what'd you think of the fly? I actually quite like the fly. Now this was directed by David Brand Cronenberg. Um his son, Brandon Cronenberg, has uh been doing some recent horror movies like he did Infinity Pool. Which I did not like as much as I thought I would. Uh, I think it was just a really confusing movie. It was fine, but I really it had such high like I had such high expectations for it based on the cast. Right. But this movie has Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum, who basically just won't ever stop fucking. Oh real. Like, are they ever wearing clothes? I think occasionally that happens, but for the most part, it doesn't. Um, I like when they show his closet and it's all the same thing. Yeah, that is funny. It's a very short cast in the movie. 
Uh, it's pretty much just a two-hander between Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Um, it also has John Getz, plays a really creepy character oh, as the, like the, the X. Guy. Yeah, like the guy who owns the magazine. I love old movies where like magazines matter. It's like. Oh, I got a feature for a magazine. Oh, yeah, you don't know that they went out of... Uh, business. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they uh, still exist. There's still, like, top, top of tabloids everywhere. Um, yeah, it's called Twitter. Um, it, has a, it features a great name in uh, Dr. Brundle, like Seth Brundle. What a crazy, weird character name. It makes me feel like his trousers are always rumpled. Well, I mean, there's, there's a vast majority of the movie where he is not even wearing trousers. Um, I think the most interesting aspect of this movie is that it goes from, like, showing the benefits of being, like, this super-powered being to also, um, like, the horror, uh, the uh, um, abortion stuff, kind of fascinating, and I didn't expect that. Um, the practical effects and the makeup and everything like that, and then the way that they, he slowly becomes just a fly um, is wild. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Yes. Okay. I really... Liked it. I also like that while he does steal her in the end, he's not like actually forcing her. He's not like a mustache twirling villain. Yeah. He's like, just like terrified because he's, he's turning a villain into of a circumstances. Fly. Right. And like he really wants her to have his fly babies, but she's like, yeah, no, I can't do that. And like, I know her position she's putting in at the end is so hard like it's one of those like nobody wins here now this is one I would watch again and I do want to watch the other um the flies yeah um now we're gonna move to a movie that I think you really really like The Descent The Descent this is directed and written by Neil Marshall Neil Marshall directed a lot of episodes of uh Game of Thrones during its run. Um, the actresses and stuff like that, what I like about the cast is they're not really like super famous, but I think they all played their character types really well. You have your final girl, Shauna McDonald. Played, uh, she plays a character named Sarah. There's Natalie Mendoza, who plays Juno. Alex Reed, who plays Beth. And they're all from different places, right? Yeah, different parts of the globe. Uh, this is ironically like the opposite of the thing where I think there's like maybe one or two male pieces of dialogue, but everything else that's said is from uh, a woman. Now you'd think that'd mean you're safe, but it does not. No, no, don't go into caves that you uh, haven't charted previously. Always bring the map. Um, also, like. Don't go and screaming in someone else's like uh, dwelling. They don't like that. Exactly. That's my main takeaway from this movie 
is guys you kind of had it coming you came into this cave started cracking it up with like pickaxes and stuff you're climbing all over the place you turn it on the light put it on flares and then you're just screaming your head off so like if you came into my house like that i'd probably eat you too if i eat people yeah what did you what did you think of the movie I loved it. I was already like so stressed and ready to throw up just based on the cave alone. The claustrophobia. Yes. And the, the lighting. And the fact that like they really wanted to do it in real caves, but modeled it on real caves made it so real. The lighting that they use while. Gorgeous. They use so many cool and like believable. Um effects like the green glow stick right the well, red flare a lot of the lighting like usually on set you have like all these big lights and everything like that so you can track stuff the lighting to shoot that stuff was literally just from like their helmets yeah or like the flare or so it wasn't even or like from outside right remember how pretty it was when they went in and like the sun was like the sunlight was streaming down. Right. So they Gorgeous. use like natural light. They use the lighting of the objects for the lighting for the scenes. And shit goes bad fast. Yeah. They're there getting their stuff out, kind of taking stock and telling everybody what their role is. Really like the teamwork and the leadership on this one. Men would never. They would be running around the cave. Yeah. Um also the way that they um when they when they shot the movie, they separated the actors from the the these creatures that the are deep within the cave. Crawlers, I believe they're called. The crawlers. So they the main actors didn't even know that the crawlers were there. And now tell them what happened the first time they saw them. No, I think that the first time they saw them was the first time that they saw them, like as we see them, like. The audience. Yes, but in the movie, they didn't know. Is right. my point. Yeah, exactly. So the first time that they saw them is is the first time, that, like, when they come into contact, when they have the the camera on and they're behind one of the characters. That is the first time that they actually realized that there were other creatures there. Yeah, and that's they like had no idea. The genuine reaction, right? Which is so good, so hard to get, and then right. um, anytime you can get that without. Like, without impacting the safety of an actor, like, that's amazing. Right. Um, anything else you want to add? What do you think about the crawlers? I mean, the design wasn't really unique. It, I think more than anything, it was just situationally scary than it was, like... So you'd walk down the street and be totally fine if you saw one of those? I wouldn't be fine if I saw any of these things. I wouldn't even be fine if I saw regular people out on the street. <laughs> You're like, ah! But I'm just saying, like, the, the, it, I really feel like... Yeah, I would say, as far as creature features go, it's not the most. But it didn't have to be because of the no. setup. Yeah. I don't think I could have handled more than they gave me. Now, yeah, let's talk about the ending. Okay. So, there's more than one ending... We saw the one where she gets out. The United States, the U.S. Ended. Yeah, and then she's in her truck, and then oh, there's one. 
she's her, he's her best friend that was also sleeping with her husband. Yeah, by the end, I don't think they were best friends. No, she was. She actually left her to die, which was like, wow. Yeah. That's after, like, imagine what would have led her to that decision after losing her own daughter and her husband in the car accident. But I guess that level of betrayal is just unnecessary. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, I'm interested to see the second one. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's really great. Like, I loved it. Very good. Um, that pushes us all the way to pretty much the last two weeks. Um, unless there's anything else I've forgotten. But um, we're going to start with the third film um, that Jordan Peele uh, released, and that nope. is Nope. Um, Writer, director, producer, Jordan Peele, stars Daniel Kaluuya, as a lot of his movies do. Kiki Palmer, who is amazing Great. in it, um, has like two seconds of uh, Keith David and Barbara Ferreira. Uh, Steve Yoon is in it, which we've been exposed to a lot of Steve Yoon recently. Yes. Um, even young, I should say, not Yoon. Stephen uh, Young um, features uh, aliens, uh, Chipmaine Alien. Gordy. Um, I guess yeah, just one creature, right? Now, did they? What do they call the creature? They, what was the name of the horse? Did they know? Did they know? Like, were there more, or was it just that one? Just that one? Make it there. Or do you believe he left it ambiguous so that if he wants to rediscover that, he could go back to it? I, I, I think there's just just one, but the idea that there could be so many of them, or at least like tie it into something else, like it could have nothing to do with it, and then that creature could just show up, right? Because it's within his universe. Yeah. Jean Jacket. That was the name of the alien. Oh, yeah. They called him Jean Jacket. Because you the can't alien? look him in the eye. Oh. Remember? Oh, yeah. That was a big thing. Because that was the whole, like, that's, that is a real big foray into, like, man versus nature. Like, it, it, it's almost, weirdly enough, Nope is almost like a spiritual successor to Jaws. Yes, and it's very much like a... Hmm. I had the word in my mind, and it's gone now. Okay, that's fine. I like the little subplot of the... Um, the Gordy. Yeah. Um, now, this is another one Lucas seen, and he liked it. Yes. So, we're giving him good taste. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. It just left. <laughs> this is fine. Um, I like a lot of the... Uh, well, with the Gordy storyline, it's just an increase. It's a, it's a further exploration as to, like, why we need to stop messing with, with nature. And it's only because we're messing with it. Like, how Steve Yoon's character create, like, made that whole spectacle 
because you found out that this alien is taking horses and then that whole audience winds up getting swept up because he is just obsessed with like exploiting things for his own profit. Just like he invites the girl whose face got torn off. Right. From the sitcom that he was yes. on that had the ape. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, it was overall a good movie. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite Jordan Peele movie. It's definitely not mine. I'd say it's probably my least favorite, but that doesn't mean like I don't love it. Right. Everything he makes is gold. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me move on to then, uh, I'm going to move on to Prey first. So, obviously, one of the most famous creatures in all of any movie ever is the Predator. Uh, we, uh, instead of watching the classic Predator, we watched the newest one, which was great. It was on Hulu. Um, it's very short. Um, and it's great because it is what if uh, these um, Predator characters landed in um, like times where the Native Americans were the, um, and this is, I think it's Comanche, Comanche nation, but like they, what if the predator lands there and like, you know, are the, the Native American population able to um, stop them? It's directed by Dan Tranchberg. Um, it's also written by him, Patrick Ellison, and Jim Thomas. And I think in one of the best performances of that year, 2002, 22, uh, Amber Midthunder as like this badass hunter that winds up using like traps and stuff like that in order to trick the highly technologically advanced predators. Just overall a really, really fun movie. What did you think of it? I liked it. Um, I definitely liked it more than the originals. I definitely liked the spin they took it, what what route they kind of wanted the plot to go. And then um, I did want to mention this works for both Nope and for Prey, but the only group of people who have figured out how to live harmoniously with the earth and the environment and animals and everything to keep a healthy ecosystem is indigenous people. So they both kind of play onto that as well. Yeah. Well, that's true. But, uh, like, I don't have a ton to say about this one because it's very, like, it's a very specific movie. Yeah. It's really good, though. It's, yeah, uh, definitely. it's very entertaining. Um, doesn't have a lot to say that has already been said about the Predator franchise. Um, which do you think are scarier, Alien or Predator? Oh, I think Alien's way scarier. Well, um, if you have anything else to add to Prey, uh, I know I really enjoyed the movie. I like the twist on it. I love the nature and the chase scenes and that it wasn't in, like, a city or anything. And, like, I really... I prefer to this way. Like, I'd watch much more of the franchise if it was handled in this manner. Yeah, I still want to see the original. Have you? Uh, I have not, actually. That surprises me. I've not either, which is not a surprise to anybody. No. 
What are we going to do when I'm so well watched that we can no longer be like, wow, you don't know that? Have discussions about the movies on podcasts? I guess. <laughs> um, I get the very last movie. And in my opinion, the best on the list. I... Um, I would not agree specifically, but I think it was a really good movie. And that is um, Zach Kreger's directed and written The Whole Nine Yards Barbarian. Um, it has Georgina Campbell, Bill Garsgård, <laughs> Justin Long. You know anything with Justin Long or it's going to be great. It's going to be uh, going to be something. <laughs> and then obviously the uh, the creature that featured here is the mother. Yeah, that's not the mother you want. Oh. Um, so what did you think of it? This was terrifying. It was grotesque. But it's one that I would watch again. I would probably watch it as many times as anybody wanted to watch it with me. It's just that good. Like, the premise is they're staying in, the, the main character is staying in an Airbnb that she booked in Detroit yep. in a town that is, um, that has been fallen to, like, gentrification. And really, they've just moved everybody out. They're about to demolish this town. If that's my understanding. Um, she's doing, I believe she's a documentarian doing stuff on, um, Detroit. Yes. So when she gets there, a man answers the door and she's like, wait, what? This is my Airbnb. And I'm going to give you a quick aside because it's a really funny story. And if I don't tell it now, I'll lose my resolve. But so Mitchell and I decided to try out Airbnb instead of, um, going to like a hotel um try to save some money which don't do it guys go to a hotel um airbnbs are a scam for people who have too many houses and want to make money passive income at that but um i'm sure some people do it right but i haven't really seen that aspect of it well we get there and i'm like hmm, weird it's on the second floor I didn't like kind of remember that. And so we go up and I input the key or the keypad. Like I put the code in and it doesn't beep or buzz or any of that, but I open the door and it opens. So I just kind of don't think about it much. Like, okay, well it's open. And I go in and there's like these three giant like poodles. And I'm like, Oh, comes with dogs. Like, that's cool. Like, that'll make our trip even better. And then I start to look around the room and I see a hat and a couple other personal belongings. And I'm like, did they not clean it? And it takes me maybe like another minute to be like, um, I don't think this is for us. So it turns out I had broken into somebody's Airbnb. Um, of course, it was unlocked, so I could just walk right in. But um, I was horrified. I wanted to leave. I couldn't leave fast enough, and Mitchell was taking his sweet time, and I was dying. Wait, you put in the wrong address. 
No, it was the right address. It was the right, it was the right numbers on everything. And it was the same thing. Okay. It was the subdivision. But yeah. And then um, at the end of our trip, we saw the people who had the dogs. Yeah. And was like, oh my God. So we definitely laughed about that. That was the same trip where I was so convinced we were going to go to Johnny Carino's. And then it was a totally different restaurant, but we ended up finding a really good Mexican place that had like a Mexican pizza called Carmelita's. So the Barbarian movie. Um, I think also one of the things that's scary about it is the way it starts. She arrives to the Airbnb in total darkness. And it is until the morning when she realizes that the whole town is like completely, it's like maybe the only address that still has a house that's still there. Yeah, they're like, there's this like really like wild eyed man who's like, stay inside, do not go outside. Right. You cannot be here. It's not safe. And of course, she's thinking like, okay, he's probably on drugs and. Like, do I really need to take his word for it? And my answer to that is yes. Yes, you do need to take his word for it. Um, I, I also want to talk about two last uh, aspects of the film. Uh, one is, uh, while the mother is terrifying, like absolutely 100% terrifying, um, I think that um, the filmmakers do just an incredible job of like using Bill Skarsgård reputation against him in the way that you think he's a villain character for like that first half of the movie where like why is he in this Airbnb what is he doing what is yeah good looking nice guy what's up right and then like some of the things he just seems off but obviously he isn't the villain. But on top of that, it's like they go down the basement. And it's another one of those instances where there's more to the house than you think there is at first. And then there's like a room that has a camera in it. And like a bare bed with like stains on it, blood stains, other fluid stains. And then there's another staircase that goes even further down. There's corridors. It's a labyrinth. There's catacombs. There's a video constantly playing on a movie. I mean, on a television that's like, I think, a birth. I thought it was her, like, feeding her babies. No, she does do that. Which but are, I... you know, the victims. And, like, this is a character that you would think would be very hard to feel empathy for. But she, like you kind of get it you understand why she's doing it like she has a point um but i think yeah, the whole movie is is terrifying uh i also love the the fact that it just cuts in the middle and then you're introduced to a completely different character it's almost like you're in a new movie right but it, it totally works and then the way justin long justin long is a gigantic asshole in the movie oh my gosh yes you were like you think he's the villain in the first half Oh, no, that was Bill Skarsgård. Um, but, like, his entire point is, like, hey, this is my Airbnb, and I want to make sure that I can charge more money because it has more square footage. More she square goes down footage. There to measure. Yes. Completely ignoring the fact that, like, 
there are all these warning signs that something like horrible could happen. Um, but yeah, those those were my favorite aspects of the movie. I love that Justin Long gets his in the end. Oh, remember like, when he's acting like he's nice, but then he shoves her off the building? Yes. And then, wasn't that like a corn silo or something? Yeah. Something country-like. Yeah. And, like, the mother saves her and kills him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's so good. I'd say it's up there in my top horror movies. Um, That, X, and Pearl are, like, top three that I've been really, really happy that I've watched. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I think this will conclude our uh, discussion, probably, of horror, at least for now, unless we... Yeah, you'll get your here and there, but we're no longer focusing on it. I think somewhere along the way, in the month of October, people think... Also, we are going to be recording our Invincible episode. We're up to date on that. That's amazing. Um, Mitchell's currently living his best life because he was like, hey, would you maybe want to watch the show with me? It's very violent. I watched the first episode and was like, not too bad. <laughs> and then like every other episode, I'm like, okay, I see where you're coming from. Um, we'll, of course, talk at length about that. Um, oh, yeah. There's so, be so much I'm going fun. to. Um, love it. Like, honestly, didn't expect. It's 0% of what I like, but I love it. <laughs> There's so much um, about that I want to talk about, yeah. Exactly. Like, we, we don't have to start that podcast now. It feels like yeah. we're about to do that. Um, but I did want to do, like, sort of little updates here and there. Yeah, yeah. We're finally on Apple. So go oh. subscribe, rate, and Five review. You can review now. Tell us your words. Tell us what you think. We are so happy. It took me three hours on the phone with a very nice representative, Daniel, and um, a, a minor amount of cursing, but finally got it there. We're joining the podcast um, creators group that kind of, um, there's a community for other podcasters. You can kind of connect, talk with them, try to appear on other shows. Remember, we're always looking for guests. Um, if you have anything to say, we still haven't gotten a single email. Someone email us, please. I'm begging you. Um, fan of a podcast at gmail.com. That's going to go right to us. Um, and figure one to three days turnaround time to message you back. Um, but yeah, we just, um, finally got that apple. And now our next goal, that goal was get Apple. So we've done that. Our next goal is to get your emails. So any way you can, send us your emails. And we need our subscriber base up to 1,000 so we can begin host-read ads and really monetize this situation. So thanks so much. I know the business end of things is interesting. Um, but I did want to say, like, hope you enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure. We love doing this. Um, and, and hey, you know what? You know, it's a fantastic, wonderful way to get your emails. Email the podcast. Email us. Tell us what you think. Tell us if we annoy you. 
Uh, or tell at least, us your undying love for us. Tell us anything. Tell us like what your favorite horror movies were or underrated classics that we missed that we need to watch. And if you really want to get our attention about something you want to watch us talk about, um, TV and movie recs at gmail.com. Again, I have all this listed below. So without further ado, I think I'm signing off. Thanks so much. It was so fun. Hope you have a great day. Do you have anything to say? Goodbye. Goodbye.